God's stirring up a hunger in us to encounter his spirit and to be filled with his spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like in our lives? And so this message is called Part of It. And I want to pray really quick and then um, we'll get into it. So, Father, I pray that you would bless this time, this, these words. Let us hear from you, Lord. Let us leave here changed. And, Father, I just ask for your fire to fall in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. It dawns on me that people might be watching online. If you've never come to our church before, I'm Pastor Brian. Hi. Everybody here, we know who each other are. but We don't have a lot of photos online yet. <clears throat> that might be a good idea. <laughs> Hold on, I need another water. So we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 12. And the message is called Part of It. I'm going to read this whole thing. And I read Port. Does anyone, Andy, could you come read this for me? This is last. This is not, I'm not giving him heads up right here. This is literally me just realizing I shouldn't read this much. Or you all be. Uh, it's actually on the screen, which is unfortunate. But this is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 27. He's going to read the whole thing. And then I'm going to go back and highlight parts of it without preparation. You know I can teach you this. <laughs> okay. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each of the manifestation, to each, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, 
those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, the part rejoices with it. Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. So that's, we could just say amen and be done with it. <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job there. That's Paul writing, by the way. So let me just give you a little background. We're going to just highlight a couple points really quick. Um, the Corinthians is written to people in Corinth, and Paul is kind of addressing uh, some issues they were having, uh, class issues, you know, issues with Gentile and Jewish. They're just lots of people weren't getting along so well. They weren't functioning well. And so he's trying to give them some instructions here about, like, okay, here's how we, like, function together, guys, you know. And I don't think this particularly hits us in that sort of vein. Like, I'm going to stand up here and be like, I'm saying all this because we don't function so well together. I'm not, it's not that. But I think that we need, he's giving everybody a picture of a healthy functioning church, the healthy body of Christ that we're all are a part of, whether we want to be or not. And that's, and that having that mindset allows us to evaluate things properly. So that's why we're going to talk about it. And he says very clearly, he doesn't want them to be ignorant. Well, this is, he's also showing them some of how this, when we talk about the Holy Spirit showing up in Pentecost, you know, Pentecost on, uh, in Acts 2 is, un- is, is expected, but how it happened was unexpected, like we talked about. And then what it does might be unexpected, but it launches the church. And I think that note can be taken for now. Like what God does, even though it might be we are hoping for God to do something, what he does isn't always exactly what we expect. That's a good note to remember. And how it looks, it may not be what we always think. So he's trying to give them some picture of what it looks like when the Spirit comes on people, their lives are different, and then he gives out these things called gifts, and he lists off some of these things. So we're going to talk just a little bit about this. But he says he doesn't want them to be ignorant. So the idea of like us going, yeah, I don't know all about that. Not an okay position by his, his argument here. Like you need to know a little bit about that, not go, I'm not into that, or I don't know, you know. He's saying you can't be ignorant about this. And there's actually some other parts of it where he talks about like them, you know, uh, paying attention to idols and stuff like that. And so these gifts are definitely important to the church, and we need to understand some of how it works and understand the system um, that we're a part of and how the gifts would fit inside of that. So he goes into a list here of there's different gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them. So he kind of repeatedly says over and over again, everybody's different but connected together to have value for each other. So different is okay. Connected together is important. And big piece, gifts of the Spirit are for the benefit of everyone. Or as he says here, the common good. Not to make you look cool or whatever. And so you can find examples of people online not doing that. But we don't need to talk about them. Just know they exist. Not everybody that talks about all this stuff is healthy in other ways. Let's just say that. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's for the common good. But then he goes into a list of gifts. 
the, the word that he says here, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discerning spirits, and to some he gives a gift, or to another he gives a gift of tongues, and to another interpreting tongues. He's listing out different, like, uh, you have, obviously as a musician, I think of like an orchestra or something, you know, everybody's playing different instruments, and when they come together, they make the sound that they're going for. You don't just have one. This is very obvious, simple stuff to get. Um, but you go, well, I don't really understand all of what these mean. I'll give you a little brief. This, is more, this would be more of a teaching thing we could do another time. But uh, knowledge is when God gives somebody a piece of information they don't have. And this happens. Like somebody will be praying for somebody and they'll go, does this mean anything to you? And that's a word that God has given them. That's a word of knowledge. People will say this, word of knowledge. That's what that means. Faith. Some people are gifted with faith to believe God for amazing things. So this is a thing that a lot of us struggle with, especially guys. We're like, well, I'll just faith harder. You can do that. That's good. But Or maybe it's not. That's probably not good. But it, <laughs> we need to have faith. But the point is God gives people gifts of faith at critical times and things like that. And that's really what he's talking about here. Gifts of healing is literally what we were just talking about with Francis McNutt. Like being like laying on hands of people that are physically sick, do you pray for them and they're not sick anymore? And I've been around this a lot, uh, and I've seen that stuff happen, and I've also seen it not happen, and I don't understand that. I'm just gonna give you that one, you know. So if you're saying, well, you mean everybody we pray for always gets well? No, I don't mean that. I don't know how that works, but I do know it does work, and I know God does it. I just don't understand the whole. <laughs> Mechanism. Miraculous powers re- could refer to a wild or a wide swath of things. If you read throughout Jesus' life, the Old Testament, I would, you know, even like the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of the Jordan River. I mean, there's even some weirder stuff where they just like, like I, you know, a priest has he's borrowed a guy's axe, falls in the river, and like, oh man, that was borrowed, and he's like, well, I can just make it float up so you can find it, the axe head, which is iron or whatever. So like. These are just, you know, God does these sorts of things. And we might talk about Elijah next week or whatever. So there's long lists of, if you say, what exactly are those things? I don't think you get to, like, put that one in a box so easily. And uh, prophecy, prophecy is speaking on behalf of God, which is wide-ranging. But it's declaring things that then become, you know, and it even includes, as is listed later, like, uh, seeing things that haven't happened yet. It does happen. Last year, a lot of people that do that missed in a really big way. We don't have to talk about that so much either, but not everybody that talks about this stuff has always got it all figured out. Discerning spirits is important because not everything is good, and there are evil spirits in this world. Our post-enlightenment mindset likes to go, no, we've thought through that enough. That's not real anymore. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that there are, in fact, evil spirits and that evil spirits need to be dealt with or discerned. And how they function and what exactly they do, people get really deep into that stuff. Some of it's good, some of it's really weird, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time in that. But being able to discern, like, this is evil right here. That's something that God gives people as an ability to tell other people, like, because other people will be like, that guy sounds like he's got, you know, like, no, that's evil, <laughs> and we need to address that. Um, to, some, like, to another, he gives speaking in tongues. This is like the apostles, like speaking in other languages or praying in other languages. It's also called a prayer language in some places where you're literally saying words out of your mouth that you don't understand, but the Spirit is giving you the ability to do that. 
Now, this interpreting tongues is when you stand up and you make a statement in this other language, and then somebody else needs to interpret what's going on. Again, other places, Paul gets into really big detail about this, like orderly worship and stuff. So here's the thing. The idea is that God is, these are like a list of things that we kind of need as a church to function as, I guess, God's intending. You see what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't do it all, but we all need these things. Is it weird? If any of what I just said sounded weird to you, then the answer is yes. (laughs) So it requires some bit of an open mind. Now, that being said, weirder does not equal better. We need to, you know, clarify that. Like, some people get, like, so excited, like, this is so weird, you know. I'm like, that's not healthy. But the, uh, but the idea that God is limited to my simple life, that only what I've already experienced is okay, that's just not how the world works, you know. And again, it's so easy to go back to your Bible and find a long list of very strange things that God is doing. Strange by my estimation. Maybe not yours, you know. But by mine, I go that's really strange, you know. And so being open to God doing things outside of our little worldview or box is important. But evaluating them by their relativity to the Bible is key so that we don't get nuts, okay? So here's the the two things I really want to talk about. We're part of it. I think that there's two ways to look at this. And I've watched people kind of sorting through this, you know, not us necessarily specifically, but in general, the church, the, the, I've seen people that are vocal about things on the internet, and then I hear other people say things that, that rhyme with that or resonate with that, so I kind of go, okay, this is the kind of thing we're thinking about. I want you to hear the part of the body of Christ in two ways. One, if you follow Jesus, you're part of it even if you don't want to be. I think there's this idea now that, like, I can follow Jesus and separate myself from this church thing because that's how I can do that. No, you cannot. Or else you're just an eyeball floating out in a jar somewhere. Doesn't do much. It just doesn't work. It's not what God is saying. But the other side I want you to hear from this is that you're part of it, meaning you're not left out. Both of these things are true. Like the body of Christ is holding us together. Those who are trying to get away, <laughs> you part. You can cut the, your finger off, but it's not going to do a whole lot. All right. So a lot of the people out there are saying, "I'm just fine by myself. All I need is a little bit. Like I can just, you know, watch this church service podcast or something online from somewhere, someplace. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't need to interact with anyone. I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to be in anybody's business. I don't want them in my business. It's just me and God. None of that is healthy and none of that is good. You're a cut-off fingernail or something like that. You're not doing anything. You see what I'm saying? And if you feel like because of this pandemic or because of life right now that you aren't, I'm not a part of anything. I'm not, any, I'm not anything. I'm doing nothing. My life is a mess. I'm not, I don't have anything. This is, no, you are part of it. And everybody else needs you. It's not individu- Our culture is too individualistic. It's not to say that all individualistic things and thoughts are bad, but our culture is too individualistic, and we need to start evaluating these things as a part. And not even just as individuals. I think that we need to be thinking, Maranatha Church of Jacksonville, needs to be thinking of ourselves. Like, we have individual people here. And I can sometimes see in people, like when I was talking earlier about a prophetic imagination, sometimes when I talk to you, I don't always tell you this, I can see things like God would use this person this way. Not use them meaning exploit them, but 
this is what is inside of this person. This, you know, and sometimes it's so out of step with what somebody else or what that person might see in their own life that I just like it's not worth bringing up right now. But that's what I'm going to be praying for. You see what I'm saying? Um, we as a body here need all these different pieces. Not just these specific gifts, but all the pieces of how we are a body. We need everybody, all right? But us as a church, Maranatha Church of Jacksonville, is one part of the global body of Christ, which is all the followers of Jesus worldwide. We're not it. See what I'm saying? And so like a person is part of a body, sees the rest of the body, as part of themselves in a way, not we're not getting like metaphysical here, but you know, but as our church, we see ourselves as a whole in that same capacity. We're not, uh, we're not, we don't have everything. We aren't everything. We can't do everything, and we need to be supportive of other churches and other Christian people in the same way. Again, I think we do this, but it just helps. It bears repeating, and no one is left out. For all were baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we're all given the same spirit to drink. That is really important because he's laying out the types of issues these people specifically were having. Okay? That's why he's saying Jews or Gentiles because they were having a problem with that. Slaves or free because they were having a problem with that. We could list off our own in the same sort of whatever ways we would divide. You know, it just he's saying everyone. Everyone is a part of this. He covers jealousy here because sometimes we look at other people and you're like, well, I'm not a, uh, it, says, it says here, like, the foot says to the hand or whatever, like, because I'm not a hand or, you know, I'm not a foot, I guess I'm not part of the body. It's like, no, or I'd really like to be a foot. It's like, but then we wouldn't have a hand. You see what I'm saying? You got to be who God has made you to be. And, you, and no matter how depressed you get about that, you can't stop yourself from being a part of it. Like, even if you are the hand and you don't like that and you cut yourself off, you're still a hand. You're just dead now. And of no use to anybody. Okay? So it's like what I'm just trying to say is the logic of it. I get the struggle. Like, we are all jealous of things. I understand that. But my point isn't that you shouldn't. I mean, it's like if you could see what God has intended you to be as a hand and you're struggling, oh, I wish I was a foot and I'm just a hand. I wish I was a foot. I'm just a hand. And you look at all these things a foot can do and I can't do any of those things. Like, it's like not even talking about any things you could do. It doesn't, we don't even have to go down any of those roads. But your solution is like, I guess I'm not a part of it. I'll just cut it off. Now you're just a dead hand. What I'm trying to say is like you can kind of be aware like that's a real struggle. However, my solution is not going to have anything to do with this. I'm not going to, I'm going to eliminate from the choice, cut it off or cut myself off. Okay. Like, let's skip that one, because that's not productive. The cutting off just makes you die, so let's eliminate that. Now, moving forward, what do we do? You go, I am not a foot. Perhaps God wanted me to be a hand. That's where you start. Then we go forward from there. It says, God placed the parts just as he wanted them. I don't understand why always we think we know better than God does. Like, I think if we could eliminate that one piece, that might eliminate all of our problems. That might be like the fall of man. It's like, but God, we can take care of this thing. You know, that might be a good way to summarize it. But the point is, uh, God placed you. And when I say placed, you have to hear it at a deeper level. You're like, oh, so, so God wanted me to have a crap job? Like, no, that's not like. Like, get past this surface stuff. Like, why are we all, again, I'm not a foot. I can only grab things. I can't support, I can't stand and run and carry the whole body or whatever. You know, it's like, it's like, 
Okay, stop. Take all of that type of stuff. Let's set it aside. If God is good, and we believe that, and God loves you, and we believe that, and God has made you a hand, he wants you to be a hand, and that's good. God said this is good. And you have to start evaluating things from that perspective, or maybe not even evaluating them. Just trust that. That's the truth. I'm telling you that's the truth. And it's not about circumstances. It doesn't matter about all this other stuff. It, that does matter to us, but it doesn't matter to what I'm talking about right here. Because you have a purpose. God has made you with a purpose. God has put that purpose inside of you, and you are needed to accomplish that purpose for the benefit of everybody else around you. And some people think, I've got this thing worked out. Maybe the foot guy's like, I can get wherever I want to go. I don't need any of you other people slowing me down and being annoying. So I'm going to cut myself off and go off and do my thing because that's what, you know, I'm free. And they find out the moment they cut themselves off, oh, all of that running and everything was all connected to the, you know, the knee bone thing or whatever, you know, so... You might think you got it all figured out, and I promise you, you don't. And you might even fool everybody. Like, I'm not going to be like, show me where I don't have it. Like, I don't need to do that. I'm telling you, God is telling you you don't have it all figured out. And you do need everybody else. And this whole thing that's the, the enemy is using everything he can to divide the church, to divide families, you know, news, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. Like, whatever you can do, just like, I'm going to make everybody hate each other. Meanwhile, we're all desperately needing each other to function together as a body. Not to be the same. This is the biggest thing. You're, we, we are meant to be a part of it. We are not meant to be the same. We're meant to function as God has made us to function. That doesn't mean you get to believe whatever you want. Okay? Our faith in Jesus is passed down to us called the faith once delivered to the saints or whatever it was in Jude or something. I can't remember, whatever. One of those later books. But the point is, you don't get to make it up. Well, I think God does this. We're like, well, the Bible doesn't say, like, the Bible doesn't say that. You know, that's what we have to go back to. And so, but the thing about all this is seeing yourself as part of the whole. That whole gives you value. That whole needs you, and that whole also you need. I'm going to finish up here. So, Kayla, you can come up. It's said in here, if one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part's honored, we're all honored. And I think this is the kind of thing that we've been missing. Because he, and he goes into this, um, you know, all these gifts are needed, but desire the greater gifts and all this kind of stuff. Like he's, But then the whole chapter... See, so if you read like 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, you see this interesting picture where he's like, let me give you some kind of instructions about gifts, and then I'm going to take this detour and have a whole chapter that everybody in the world knows, which is about love. And then I'm going to come back, all right, let's talk about some prophecy and some other stuff. It's like, why is that there like that? Okay, so he's setting up this whole thing. Uh, and he says, yeah, yes, 
God has made you a part of this body. God has done this. God has a purpose for you. God sees all this in you. God wants you to be functioning. The whole body benefits from you doing this. The whole the, you be, being who you are meant to be and all this kind of stuff. And the whole body needs you and you need the rest of them and you should see the value in them. And if one part's honored, we're all honored. If one part's hurting, we're all hurting. That's This is how the thing, he's like, and yes, let's step into this. Yes, let's function in this. He goes, but I'm going to show you the most excellent way. Then he goes into this chapter on love. And I'll just read you. I didn't have this pulled up, but I'm going to read you some of this. Because everybody in the world has heard this. If you've been to a wedding, they all read this. It doesn't even really make sense to read it at a wedding, but we're going to read part of it. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the... Wait, that's 12. Hold on. So we've just talked about a whole bunch of gifts. Some of them are weird. They're all important. God wants us to use them. It's his spirit moving through us. But then he says this. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, here annoying. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge and have the faith that can move mountains, he's like alluding to stuff Jesus said now. I've got this faith if I have all of that, but I do not have love. I am nothing, nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to the hardship and boast, then, you know, whatever. But I do not have love, I gain nothing. So it's like you can try hard. You can do all this great stuff. But if you don't love people, you have nothing. And this is the center of this whole body thing. It's loving each other. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because we're part of the body of Christ. It is ourselves. And again, not metaphysical. He describes her. Love is patient. Okay. <laughs> Do not think of any other person right now. Think of yourself and your thoughts and your actions on the internet in the last two weeks. Does this <laughs> does this reflect what what has been happening? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. That one was for me. (laughs) It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Man, but rejoices with the truth. Love doesn't delight in any evil. Even when people we hate do evil, the love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I've come to this realization that a lot of conversation I have, a lot of conversation I see other people having, is in a way people looking for excuses or permission to hate other people. Like, isn't it right that we hate them? I don't even care who them are. It's like, it's good I hate them because they're bad. Or it's right for me to hate that kind of person. And the enemy is having a field day destroying our minds with this stuff. Meanwhile, Paul is reminding us, you're part of the body of Christ here. Like, act like it. 
We're not, you know, we're children of God. We're not spoiled brats here. That comes with the... You understand what I'm saying. I think that we need to repent. I know that's a weird way to end on this whole, this whole encouraging. I think that the church as a whole, us as a whole, us as individuals, I think so much of our time is spent looking for reasons to hate may be a strong word but I'm going to use it we spend so much time looking for reasons and excuses and permission to hate other people meanwhile Jesus while we were yet sinners came and died for us we should be the first people to love other people God, Jesus commands us to love our enemies that's as far as you go you see so if it command from our king to love our enemies everybody's inside of that and we need to start to see ourselves anew as part of the body of Christ in meaningful productive and valuable ways and stop trying to understand God's kingdom God's purposes solely by evaluating yourself as like an adrenal gland or something. I was trying to think of something small. <laughs> All of the organs are necessary. All of the parts are necessary. There's no vestigial organs in the body of Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that was a nerd joke. I don't even... Jackson, if you're watching, you have to text me if that's even something you should say. Oh, man. So, Father, I pray that you would reveal to us ways in which... This is hard now, guys, so I'm going to pray this. So, God, I pray that you would reveal to us ways in which we've hated your body. And we've rejoiced over pain in your body. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to repent and start to celebrate and honor your body, Lord. Because when one of us hurts, we all hurt. And let us bring healing the way you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Kayla's going to sing. If you need to pray, feel free to come forward and pray. Otherwise, you know, pray where you are or sing along. And um, we'll close in prayer at the end.